your beliefs come from your subconscious. Your subconscious is running 90% all the actions that you do. So those actions have been supported by what you see, the words you speak, the words others speak. And from the time that you're zero to eight years of old, you're running around in a hypnotic state and you are receiving everything. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Brad Lance, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Scott? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, welcome to 2021. And you are going to get to this is actually the first podcast that I'm recording in 2021, but you get to answer the same question that I ask all my guests first off. What does outperforming mean to you and how do you define outperforming in your life? Well, until you and your question to me about that and seeing some of the people that have gone on before, I had an outperformer as this elite athlete. I had an outperformer as the Michael Jordans of this, this world or, or the top business people and things like that. And after really thinking about what is an outperformer, I realized that almost all of my clients that I'm working with are outperformers. They, they come in sometimes broken, sometimes hurting in a certain area, sometimes just confused. And by gaining some knowledge, by gaining some tools and a lot of work, and they, they, they come thinking that it's, it's going to be easy and uh, quick and uh, it takes effort. Michael Jordan said, uh, when a lot of people told him how talented he was, basically said, uh, yeah, and, and that talent keeps getting better the more effort I put in, something on that order. And, and so that's what I'm finding in, you know, when you see a 12-year-old uh, young man that's just frustrated with schools in this Zoom age, in, in this... Uh, having to no socialization or something like this 
grasp on to how he can control his environment, how he can change his thinking and and then move forward in school and uh, take a subject that he didn't really like and understand it much better because he's calmed down his mind and and is able to work on it. When you take a drug addict and and for 30 years and basically that person has found a job now that they can keep because they have the tools that they can keep coming back that he so can let's, keep coming. let's educate i apologize for interrupting you but let's actually educate people on a little bit of what it is that you do because that's the genesis of us having this conversation and why i was so intrigued to have you on this podcast is because you call yourself a mind health coach which obviously makes perfect sense to Scott Welly because I studied psychology and then sports psychology. Like I just get what that is. But I think a lot of people might not actually understand the importance of it and the great work that you're doing. So can you just elaborate on a little bit of what a mind health coach is, and then we'll dig in on some of the ways that you're helping different clients? Sure. I, most of us know what a coach is. Uh, there's executive, there's personal, there's strategic, there's it, every kind of coach out there. Uh, all of them are basically uh, using their minds. I mean, uh, uh, Bobby Jones, a, a great golfer, said essentially we're playing on a five and a half inch course between our ears. And that's what we're playing with. And if that, if you have belief sets, if you have, uh, if you're talking to yourself the wrong way, if you're not visualizing, if you're not doing some things that are uh, not following the rules, there's rules to the mind that uh, are going to keep you from really uh, achieving what you would like to achieve. I mean, we can force ourselves, we try to force our mind to change. And yet one of the rules is the harder you try to change your subconscious, the less it happens. And uh, so how do you do that? And that's, uh, that's what a mind health coach is. I, I deal with eight different dimensions of health and uh, we can go into any one of those. Uh, how, you how, how did you initially get intrigued by going into this? And what, what was some of the, the study and the work that you did? Because I know it's a lot. I was really impressed by it. The amount of work that, and study that you actually did to be able to get to where you are. Well, I had uh, lost a client with a... Uh, a person that I had trusted and he basically told the client that their baby was ugly and uh, on in the first five min minutes, which is kind of a no-no in selling. And uh, basically he asked to meet last December and uh, I didn't want anything to do with it. I met with him he told me that what he had done is worked with the therapist to calm his mind. And he went on to into detail. And two weeks later, 
I met with a good friend and she was taking uh, coursework in it. And then my son said, you should do that. And so I don't believe in circumstances. So I, I basically signed up uh, on Zoom with a, a course uh, on mind management in uh, Utah. And so the whole thing was on Zoom. And uh, basically after 350 hours, I was certified in it. And uh, it's covering all areas of the mind. It's uh, the detail would bore everybody on this call. So it wouldn't bore me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll find it particularly interesting. It might just be us two talking and no one else listening, but that, that's fine. <laughs> um, where I actually want to start this <clears throat> is before we go into some of the rules of the mind, because I do think there are rules and. I think most people in their personal and professional athletic lives don't truly understand the rules and they just kind of, they don't understand maybe why am I thinking negatively or positively or why do I have kind of these belief systems and different things. But that is actually where I want to start on really looking at, I always say self-limiting beliefs are the governor on our individual potential or they limit us from what we're doing. So can you speak to just a little bit of kind of how you view our beliefs and how it then translates into our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and where those belief systems actually come from? Well, your beliefs come from your subconscious. Your subconscious is running 90% someplace around there, 90%, all the actions that you do. So those actions have been supported by what you see, the words you speak, the words others speak. And frankly, from the time that you're zero to eight years of old age, you're running around in a hypnotic state called synambulism, which is is uh, basically sleepwalking. And you are receiving everything. And all of that's going into your psyche. And basically, they say that up until age eight, or by the time you're age eight, you have probably 50 to 70% of your personality already created. And so all of that is accessible through your subconscious. The problem is getting into your subconscious to retrieve it. And it's amazing. Uh, in my case, I was three years of age and uh, felt rejected from my father. And that carried on my whole life and I had a poor relationship with him. And it was a situation where basically uh, belief sets pile on. So I believe something that the next time that I was rejected, there's a pile on. The next time that, uh, and I, I was in sales, so uh, you're rejected a lot in that. And if, if you're personalizing 
the word no, uh, it is it is really affecting you. So the phone becomes 40 pounds the next time you pick it up. Mm -hmm. And you know all of the, the, the issues that people have with that. Belief, limited beliefs are actually fixations of emotions and the emotion is still present in you. So we just basically allow you to see the truth in that emotion and then uh, see in my case that I was not to blame for it. And uh, my father wasn't to blame because he was staunch German and depression era. And he basically, that's, there wasn't any nurturing. There wasn't any compliments. There wasn't any, I love you type of things. Well, all of those pile on to one another and they make up your limited beliefs. And I have a somewhat similar story to that, that I know I've shared on videos in the podcast as well, where I just have a brother that's a year and a half older than me. And I just, he was always smarter than me. And I just felt like no matter what I did, I was never going to be as smart as my brother. And, and really what was, I think, underneath that and something that I've had to search inside myself to find was that I just never felt like I was good enough, you know, and never felt like, even though I had a fine relationship with my parents, I just never felt like they loved me as much as my brother. And, and then obviously that manifests itself in you know, a lot of our behaviors later on in life. So for people that are listening to this right now, short of coming to see you and having you help, you know, bring this out of them. I mean, are there particular questions that they can ask themselves to uncover some of these earliest belief systems that were established you know, before they were even eight years old? Well, in a lot of cases, I block them out. Uh, so they were gone from my memory. The only way that this happened is when I was taken into a deep state of relaxation where basically they could be retrieved. Uh, the questions that, that you ask, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is that common that people will block them out? Yeah. It is. Okay. If, if there's a lot of pain and trauma uh, in your life, uh, it, I mean, it's just like uh, a lot of the uh, soldiers coming back, PTSD. A lot of people from events in their past will have a form of PTSD. Mm -hmm. They just don't call it that for the most part. Uh, and, and it manifests itself in, in various ways. And that's the thing that I would ask yourself is, how am I showing up that is different from how I'd like to show up? I mean, cause that's a huge part of what visualization is, is that we're trying to get to our conscious mind in the present. That's called mindfulness with a lot of people practice mindfulness. That is a wonderful way to bring things to present and everything so that you're able to deal with them and examine them. Because in, in our present tense state, we can then examine it logically 
and analytically and make a choice. And that's that's what MindSync, the name of my company, is all about. We sync the past, which is your essentially what the subconscious is, is your past with the present, which is if you can remain in the present, you can accomplish anything that you want to do. So two things I know that jumped out from, I'm getting your weekly newsletters now and I always read them and they're always very intriguing to me. Two of the things that I know that jumped out that I thought of when you were just talking is one, the brain only works in present tense. And two, I know I read in one of your emails that the brain does not understand conjugations, right? Contractions. Contractions. Conjugations, contractions. I don't know what What am I talking about? Jeez. Is that a church service that you're going to? What's going on here? All right. Tough start to 2021. (laughs) Contractions. So present tense and contractions. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that as far as just how how the brain works and what that means? Well, the brain, it's like if I'm a golfer, and I know a lot of your people aren't golfers or listeners aren't golfers, but uh, if I'm a golfer and I say on this hole, don't hit it in the water on the right, and it doesn't hear don't, then it's hearing hit it in the water on the right, and it's saying the the subconscious is like a genie and you're like Aladdin that's rubbing this lamp and giving it commands and and basically this genie's wanting to provide what you want well if it doesn't hear contractions all of a sudden it's hitting it in the water on the right my my friend uh, a golf pro basically because the guy he's working with is so contrarian just told him to do the opposite from what he did. So his reverse psychology, and, and he shot the best round he had ever shot. He'd say, now don't hit it down the middle. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, and future tense, it doesn't understand future tense. So if you say, I wish, Say it in a, in a sorry, bump my <laughs> computer. Uh, say it in a present tense standpoint. I am rather than I wish I were or something like this. And your brain operates very quickly in, in the I am statements. Let's go into some of the rules of the mind and just a few things that I wrote down. I'm not sure if these are actually rules of the mind, but I would like for you to elaborate on them. One of them was your mind is on guard duty. Can you explain exactly what that means to have your mind on guard duty? Well, your, your mind is your, I don't want to get, to detail, uh, the oldest part of your brain is basically- Go uh, as detailed as you want. I'll simplify it if it needs to be simplified, but hey, people that are listening to this are people that want to understand it and want to get it. So geek out here if you want to geek out, it's totally cool. Your your amygdala is basically drives your fight, flight, seek, avoid portion of you. 
And that's always on. And so basically, it's on on all of your senses. So if you go out to a pig barn, you smell something very quickly. That's your your uh, basically your sense of smell that is going on guard duty saying, ooh, what is this? Well, after you're there for a few minutes, that dissipates and, and it's there no longer. On the golf course, your mind is on guard duty all the time. So you're always looking at, you're always thinking about, okay, my coach said that I need to swing a little flatter. I, I need to do all this other. So we provide tricks called uh, clear key that basically takes your mind off guard duty for the time that you're swinging. So you say a non-performing uh, and a non-golf term as you're swinging. In my case, I say Yahoo. And so it's giving me pace to my swing and it's also clearing my mind totally of guard duty. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, guard duty is present in everything that that you have, and you don't want to totally turn it off because it is a protector for you as well. If you're out there and there's a bear on the path, you want to have a fight flight situation. Mm -hmm. But you may say, okay, I can't fight it. I can't outrun it. I need to freeze or I need to lay down and act like I'm dead and hope he doesn't eat me. So it's taking your mind off of guard duty. So how would, I mean, can you apply clear key and taking your mind off of guard duty to a professional context? Like let's say that I'm getting ready to do a speech or a leader listening to this right now is getting ready to do a presentation for their team. Does the same principle apply or how would that work applying clear key to that circumstance? It applies to most athletic situations where your tennis is another one uh, where it would apply. Uh, What applies to most people is breathing. And it's if if I had to attribute the number one thing for taking my score down seven strokes, my handicap down seven strokes this last year using my system, it would be breathing. And it's breathing, as you know, is done diaphragmically. So, or belly breathing, as a lot of people call it. And that's the quickest way if you're almost in an accident or somebody cuts you off on the highway or you're about to get up on your uh, on the stage and everything to breathe. All of these pros are breathing, doing breathing exercises as they're lining up their shot and then as they're about to take their shot. And what it's doing is calming your whole system down. There's something called the vagus nerve that's attached to the diaphragm. It calms your, your basically your spine. And uh, that's what you want to have as calm as you possibly can uh, when you're 
going on stage or anything else. There's other tricks that I'm sure you teach, so Superman pose and all the other things before you go on stage. But uh, uh, it, Superman pose is almost a clear key type of concept. So it's just imagining, it, it's taking your imagination off of, I'm about to step in front of a hundred people and it's basically clearing you, calming you down. No, but but a lot of the Superman pose is also ingrained in our physiology. When we go into a specific motion, we know that that triggers a physiology or triggers an emotion within us because it's a, it's a universal thing as far as kind of how we hold ourselves. And I think most people probably don't appreciate just how important breathing is because it's an involuntary thing that we do every single day and we don't have to think about it, but it is the lifeblood of everything that we do. So if somebody listening to this doesn't truly understand diaphragmatic breathing and what that looks like and how to do that, how do you teach people to be able to breathe that way, to calm down the vagus nerve um, and to be able to relax in a stressful situation? Place your hand right below your solar plexus and your hand as you breathe in, go in. Your hand breathe should go out. If your hand is not doing it, most people when you say take a deep breath, come up with their shoulders and, and chest, that's a fight response. And so, you want to see that, and it, it takes practice, but uh, frankly, the, the number of things that it can do for you is amazing. I had a friend who, an older friend who basically, uh, pressure, using this breathe technique, 30 of those three sets of 30 of those breathing uh, in through the nose for four seconds, out out for four seconds, and then hold your breath for four seconds. In five minutes for one month, he went into the doctor, the doctor took him off of blood pressure medicine. Now I'm not a doctor, I'm not telling you to do this by any means, and, and, but it, it worked for him. And I've seen it work for other people too. So that was, I think your audio was cutting out maybe just a little bit there. So that was four seconds in, four second hold, four seconds out. Is that what you said? Four seconds in through your nose. Yep. Four seconds out through your mouth. Okay. And then hold when you've let out all of that breath. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good. Oh, and, and you do 30 of those and I, you, you might be lightheaded afterwards because your brain isn't used to that much oxygen getting to it. Yeah, that, that's what I've heard from everybody that tries these, that breathes the way that we were actually meant to breathe. You know, is there like, whoa, it's like you're flooded with something that your body needs, but you're flooded with more of it, which is oxygen. And um, yeah, I wish more people would actually pick that up. Let's talk about trash talk, which trash talk is normally something that 
I do on the golf course. I used to do on the basketball court way back in the day when I thought I was good enough to play in the NBA. But I assume what you're talking about with trash talk is something just a little bit different. But talk to me about that as maybe a mind rule or kind of um, the role that trash talk plays in us being our best. Well, if, if we are saying, I can't do that, I, I wish I could do that. I'll try. Trying is lying is what we say. Basically, it's giving you an out that if you later didn't succeed, you say, well, I tried. Versus uh, Yoda said, uh, no try, either do or do not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that type of thing that uh, I'm a big Yoda fan, by the way. So <laughs> it's it, that type of thing that if we're doing it, uh, and probably the three biggest trash talks is what we do. We don't express, but we feel, and it's keeping us. Uh, it's it ties into limited beliefs. Also, is and you stated uh, a portion of it, it's I'm not enough or I'm different or defective. And then the third is I can never attain or achieve that, whatever that is. So those three elements, whether they're, they're just belief sets or whether or not we're speaking them out, we speak them out in our mind, uh, and we go through loops. Loops are what, uh, you know, and those loops are, what are my thoughts? I hate this golf hole. I always hit it, the next thing is, is then uh, your feelings, and you say, I always hit it in the water. And then you say, your behavior, and you swing differently because you're blocking out from not hitting it in the water. And that you can place that in any one of your circumstances, whether you play golf or not. It is always what's my thought on this, what's my feelings on this, and what are my behaviors on this? Because that's where it's coming from, is these limited beliefs that you have. And the trash talk is just uh, you actually using the limited belief and expressing it. Sure. So to be able to get rid of some of these three categories of trash talk, short of being able to identify some of those self-limiting beliefs that are established early on, is it just a matter of replacing what we're thinking with something else that's a more empowering thought? Or are there any other tools that people could use to be able to do that? One of the great tools that we all have because we're, we're all in a state of hypnosis twice a day, mm-hmm. right as we're going to sleep and why, right as we're coming out of sleep. And it's at that time where you have access to your subconscious. So to take the characteristics that you desire so much that you, to write those down, and most of us can write down, here's what, here's who I want to be. And then to put them in I am statements and to, as you're waking up in the morning, 
to repeat those in different ways, you're going directly to your subconscious and able to start affecting it. And it's amazing how you do that time and time again, and only do a couple of them. I mean, uh, most people, uh, it's amazing. They, They can name eight different characteristics of who they truly are. And it's just becoming your best in each of those characteristics. And the time to do it is right as you're waking up in the morning. That's when I I meditate for about 20 minutes, first thing in the morning, every morning uh, on it. And that's also when I'm expressing gratitude and it's gratitude is a huge aspect of getting rid of these things. So it's actually thanking that portion of you that is aware, that has been made aware of something that you don't want in you. So in other words, it's some belief set that I have that I'm saying, why do I always do this? Which by the way is trash talk. Uh, And you basically take that and actually show gratitude that you have perspective on it and that you've been given perspective on it and thank it and then go further with yourself and say, what can I do with you with this concept? And and it's amazing how your mind, because you're using your subconscious mind, will tell you the next step. Mm -hmm. As we start to wrap this up, we briefly talked about this off air, but I want to make sure that this comes across to anybody that's watching or listening to this, but what are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions around what you do? Well, I used to talk about hypnotherapy all the time and probably 70% of what I do is really around helping people understand the rules of their mind and how to operate the best they can in those rules. Hypnotherapy is the first thing people think about is clucking like a chicken (laughs) up on stage. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the issue there is people don't understand that about one in 10 people are in a state of hypnosis all the time. And all the stage hypnotist is doing is basically uh, giving three suggestions to the audience. He can spot those people that are responding to that. And they're the people he brings up. And we all know people, they're, they're the people that are gullible, that believe almost anything. In fact, you have to tell them, no, I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> quit quit believing that sort of thing. So uh, the fact that we're in a state of hypnosis twice a day, if you daydream, you're in a state of hypnosis. If if you're driving down the road and you forget the last 10 miles and you're already at your destination, you've been in road hypnosis. We're all going in it. All it is is a deep state of relaxation. It's not sleep. It's not demonic. I can't tell you anything that you're going to do that you don't want to do. And I've had people, 
I'll make suggestions because the person isn't quite getting where they want to go. They're, they, they're somewhat confused and make suggestions and they'll say, nope, that's not it. Nope, nope, that's not. So you're in full control. And not only do I record it, but I, I also, uh, they remember almost everything that happens in the session. Yeah. And that's part of the reason that I wanted to just get that out there. Cause I used to run into this way back in the day when I was doing more full-time sports psychology, but when I, when I would say I'm, I'm practicing sports psychology, everyone would say, well, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm not at, you know, there's, I'm not weak or broken or bad. And, and it's like, well, no, actually what I do is performance enhancement. You know, I don't fix you necessarily because you're broken. I don't do voodoo weird things. So I just wanted to make sure that I got that out there because, you know, when you hear terms like hypnosis and hypnotherapy, people have their misconceptions. And I just wanted to make sure that that kind of everybody got that. A huge thing that I do is I... I defrag your mind. So if you've ever defragged your computer, mm -hmm. it runs faster and better and smoother. I'm just basically doing that for a person's mind and uh, allowing them to be who they really want to be and who they were. In some cases, people are saying, I've never been able to do this. And I say, one, that's trash talk. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, but to and and you need help with trash talk because my wife constantly corrects me. She's yeah. saying that's trash talk, Weed. but uh, she doesn't care for me doing the same to her <laughs> as much. We all need help with trash talk from time to time. Uh, so as we start to wrap this up, just uh, I guess briefly, if you could speak to some of the different populations of people, types of people that you've helped? Because I know you brought up offline, you brought up smokers that you've helped, which hits home with me because both of my parents smoked all their life. Um, so I want people to understand that this isn't just about a golfer that doesn't want to hit it out of bounds or doesn't want to hit it in the water. I, I want them to understand that it's actually much greater than just athletics. So maybe speak quickly to the different populations of people you've helped, as well as how can they potentially contact you if they're interested in learning more and kind of uncovering some of those belief systems that they might have? In addition to golfers, uh, sleep is, is a huge one because it affects so much of how we perform. And if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to perform well. So sleep is a huge one. Uh, an, another is stress. Nine out of 10 doctor's visits are, say stress. And, and yet stress is, is basically how you react to the demands on your life. So it's unrealized expectations. We help you to keep that in perspective and have the, the mind uh, understanding that you can no matter how hard the stress is on you, you can keep everything in perspective. So those would be stress and, and sleep are two of the biggies. I've, I've worked with a young man that uh, uh, 
it's it's just amazing that school is killing kids today. And so it it really is uh, uh, marriages is another one. Uh, they don't come to me until they've exhausted all of the marriage counseling that they possibly can. And I, I really don't want it. Weight is another one. I, I, I say, if, if you're on a diet, don't come to me because I don't believe in diets. So me both. <laughs> you, you and me both. It's <laughs> so any, any other populations of people. I, that's that's the main ones. It's okay. it's just uh, it, it really if you're struggling with something where you're not able to do it, it's generally between your ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a good transition to just go into any other last words of wisdom or parting shots, things that you'd like to ask of the audience. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it really comes down to the fact that uh, we all, like in diets, or lifestyle actually is what it should be. We all know that we're supposed to eat healthy. We're, we all know that we're supposed to exercise and, and have movement and all this other stuff. It's 8% of us that keep that for the year. And, and uh, that goal that we, that we set out and to ask yourself, why am I not able to keep the goals that I set out? Was it about the goals or was it something that I was really not following the rules of the mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I wrote down was something you said early on, how am I showing up versus how, or how do I want to show up versus how am I actually showing up? Right. And it, it's okay if there's a gap there, like there's, there's a gap there for me. Sometimes there's a gap there for all of us. It's we're humans, we're imperfect creatures. And it's okay to say, you know, I'm not really showing up the way every single day that I want to show up and then to be empowered to do something about that, whatever that looks like, you know, just on behalf of the audience, everybody watching, everybody listening, you know, Brad, we just really want to thank you for sharing your insights and thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. Uh, the time is fun. Always fun to be with you, but uh, this, this was more fun than uh, I thought it would be work. It's not work. <laughs> No. Yeah, trash talk myself. Yeah, yeah, don't trash talk. I mean, this is this is all fun what we're doing here. We're just trying to help people. So <laughs> so thanks again, Brad, for all the great work you're doing. Really appreciate it. And to everybody listening, watching, wish me the best of health, happiness, high performance. Have a great day. Hello, outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity. And I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. 
And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.